What's up, family? It's WrestleMania Wednesday. I guess you could say that. I mean, it's on the back end, but it's still WrestleMania week. Hey, it's your man GB. It's the faction. You guys know what it is. It's time for that great pro wrestling conversation. Not sports entertainment. It's a pro wrestling conversation, and I'm never by myself. I've got my good brother with me, Courtney Beards here. What's up, brother? Salute, my people. We are all the way up, and you know what it is. It is Wednesday. It is the faction, and boy, do we got that heat for you today. We absolutely do. Holy cow. Uh, Clack may or may not be with us. I'm not sure, but uh, who knows? He's in mourning, GB. He's in mourning. He couldn't pull himself together. Uh, As you both know that we are both Los Angeles Laker fans, mm-hmm. longtime Laker fans. Yeah. And not a good today, day in Laker Nation, huh? It is not a good day in Laker Nation today. Mm-mm-mm. Wow. Well, it's got nothing to do with Jeannie Buss uh, and the women of wrestling. Uh, who are in season two, or at least it, it could. they've gotten renewed. But that's not why you're. That's not why you're. It, it's no, well, no it, 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 it is because the guy who has been, if you will, the. Uh, I was trying to figure out what is Magic Johnson to wrestling. He is likened to. Uh, I can't say Dusty because Dusty was a great mind uh, for wrestling. I. But, I don't know if he's Flair. Uh, it, you, you may not like this one. I thought maybe he's Bret Hart. Maybe, maybe he's Bret Hart. Maybe he's not Hunter. Is he? It, well, see, I, 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 I this is interesting because I don't know that I've ever thought of this. Comparison. First off, I actually I've think... never heard you and I stutter at the same time. <laughs> right, never. I, I think Larry Bird might be more Bret Hart. I think Larry Bird was uh, okay, more of a technician, okay. you know, yeah, known yeah, for, for that yeah, type of thing. Yeah. I think I, you know what? I actually think Magic could be akin to The Rock in the Ooh, sense yeah. of he yeah. was great with people, flashy, yeah. showtime, entertainment, you know, that type of thing. And turn that into success post his current sure career. Sure did. I mean, you think about Magic during the 90s. He had the whole movie theater thing he was doing for a while. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, lately, uh, serving as uh, actually, not just was he president of the Lakers, but he had some major buy-in in the uh, L.A. Dodgers as well, um, doing some things with both of those sports organizations. And I think people thought, Having Magic Johnson again, like The Rock, the People's Champion, dare I say, um, being involved with these ventures. Uh, he's of course known for his time with LA Sports, so the thought of him being involved with the Dodgers and the Lakers would certainly pull them, you know, into a place of prominence. But even after getting uh, LeBron James, the number one player in basketball right now. It hasn't been enough, certainly, to turn the Lakers' fortunes around. I don't know if any of that had to do with his decision to step down as president, though. Well, so much is being said, and this bleeds itself over to wrestling. Uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm sad to hear them refer to Magic as the absentee executive. Mm. In other words, he wasn't around. His mind wasn't around. His discipline wasn't around. That you felt his charm when he walked into the room. 
And we all know this for the wrestling world. If you're not involved every day, then you're you're not making any 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 headway. Yeah. I was listening to a podcast yesterday. Bret Hart said he had offered to be a behind the scenes agent. Wow. But when Hunter said you'd have to travel and go on the road to a non television date, Bret said I just can't do that. Sure. And sometimes you have to realize even when you're great that. When the best of you is the consistency of you, you have to realize when you can't give it. Well, and you have to also realize where your strengths and weaknesses lie. Uh, I think all of this has shown us, you know, again, when people think Magic Johnson, they think great thoughts, wonderful guy, fantastic person, somebody who you'd like to have over for dinner, you know. But the person you want to have over for dinner isn't necessarily the same person you want running your company. Um, Very true. And so I think, I think it took these 20 years you know and some of these failed business ventures to be able to show us that now i think lakers fans feel some kind of way because i think you had hope in magic you know that magic would bring the same kind of success to basketball behind the scenes as he did while on the court um now let me also say this though in fairness in fairness it takes longer than two years to turn around a sinking ship well, it does, it, especially a ship as massive as the Los Angeles Lakers. Right. You're not turning around the Brooklyn Nets. You're right. turning around the Los Angeles Lakers, which is a culture. Yeah. But you're also attempting to turn it around in the same city, same house, same arena, same block, same address as another NBA franchise. Yeah, which I always thought it was weird that a, a massive city like L.A. can't have a second arena for two basketball teams like Exactly. It doesn't make sense. So to turn the Lakers around is like trying to turn around one of our most prominent denominations when you consider church. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's trying to turn around a major record company. We're not talking Epic. It's like turning around Sony. Yeah. So listen, the the Lakers have a long road ahead. Mm -hmm. If I were them, I would not make a splashy decision. I would make a decision that has a five-year plan. Well, that's tough, though, it, because, see, I think they are looking for immediate turnaround for something that does take several years. Like, for instance, this whole idea you, that— you, 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 you can't bring in Vince Russo and think it's going to happen. Well, that's just it. They brought in—they brought in—think about this. In two years, you had Magic behind the scenes, and then you had LeBron on the court. Some people and actually, Rob well, well, people thought that that was gonna be enough, but it's not, as we know. You know, it's it's, it's not it's not even even if it, it's just not, it's just not. What what you have sitting at the table is a lot of great charm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And great charm is great for YouTube and me listening to stories of what happened. Sure, but you need a mind. Yeah, you yeah. need somebody that can put A and B together. Mm-hmm. One of the things that Vince McMahon learned to do well was surround himself with guys who they may not have been the most charming, but they knew about the business. And I'm not even talking about the Pat Pattersons of the world and the Briscoes of the world. I'm talking about the guys who are actually behind the scenes, presidents and vice presidents. Well, that also is because Vince had a vision, right? Vince and and perhaps we'll get into some more of this today uh, during the show, but Vince's vision for what the sport could be involved more than the sport itself. And because of that, he was wise enough 
to make partnerships with guys like Dick Ebersol over at NBC, to make partnerships with people who knew how to present a product. It's it's like this. It's like you know the folks. That's good. GB. You know, it's like the folks who go in the studio and they're amazing musicians, right? And they're amazing singers. But they did not enlist people to do their marketing, their advertising. They don't get stylists. They don't work on the presentation of the package. They just figure their content enough is is, is going to be enough. And it's not. How you present it becomes wildly important. And I think Vince, you know, to his credit and even sometimes to his detriment, has been more concerned with, the polishing and the wrapping paper of the product than he has the actual gift itself. Well, when it comes to the Lakers, we have a long road ahead. Vince McMahon has a long road ahead in wrestling. Of course, we talked last week. I think it was last week. We talked about the failure of the AAFL. Yes. Uh, the, the the league that was sponsored even by the, uh, by the NFL, NFL mm-hmm. with leaving only XFL as the only viable sub option you have raw and smackdown uh getting major deals you have aew this is a real season i was with somebody earlier this year in the bahamas thanks to john murray and i sat in front of that pastor and he said this is a fork in the year road and boy we see it yeah absolutely fork in the road year as opposed to fork in the year road but i got what you were saying absolutely so fork in the year road fork in the road year That's what you said. Clearly why you're the valedictorian and not I. It's all good. Oh, my gosh. Well, listen, if you guys missed our show Monday, you missed a great one. It was the post-WrestleMania recap. We talked about, man, everything from NXT to that controversial Hall of Fame, the G1 Supercard, WrestleMania. We had that conversation. It's available exclusively on podcasts. So go back, check it out. It's absolutely fantastic. So that means you've got a brand new show. There's still a whole lot of WrestleMania fallout to talk about. Courtney, tell them what's up for today's show. Welcome to episode 160 of The Faction right here on Bonafide Radio. We're going to kick things off with Sasha Banks. What happened with her and Wendy Williams? Hulk Hogan finally settles the score. Kofi Kingston in your reaction. We're going to talk Raw after Mania, SmackDown after Mania, and next week's Superstar Shake-Up. But before we do, salute. That's right, the, by Little Mix. You're listening to The Faction on Bonafide Radio. That's radio the way it's supposed to be. You know it's the Mac Militant. Coming to get it on. Uh, uh, uh. Hey, what's up, players? This is Teddy Dawn. And you're listening to The Faction on Bonafide Radio. And that's real talk, player. Holla, holla, holla. Get your killer heels, sneakers, pumps, all 
Son. Welcome back to the Faction Network. Salute, GB. Give us the news. <laughs> All right. Well, there's a lot to talk about post-WrestleMania. We're still very much in the throes of WrestleMania. And uh, one of the interesting things that have happened, of course, WrestleMania being in the New York area, a lot of public appearances, a lot of media appearances. Of course, Monday, the new champions, Kofi Kingston and Becky Lynch, were making the rounds. They were on ESPN and so many other super places. Well, it's also a really cool thing when you get into these non-sports outlets. Last week, Kofi Kingston was uh, on Sway, uh, Sway in the Morning, 
on uh, Sirius XM. Like, getting those types of moves is a big deal. So WWE superstar Sasha Banks had the opportunity to appear on the Wendy Williams show yesterday. But just a couple of hours before taping, she canceled. And in canceling, she merely cited personal reasons. Well, that didn't go over very well with uh, the folks at Wendy Williams, who ended up having to scramble to fill the slot that Sasha had. They've gone on to say that uh, Sasha will not be invited back, though Sasha was hoping for the opportunity to come back. Now, Sasha, prior to that, uh, released a rather cryptic tweet uh, Monday night, which really had a lot of people wondering, is Sasha Banks really okay? So Sasha Banks goes on to the Twitter And uh, she says the following, which I think is interesting. She says, quote, there is something about the way life happens today that makes it hard to look ahead. And this was this was done during Monday Night Raw, by the way. There are things that make it difficult to laugh, difficult to live the way you want. There are things that make it almost impossible to trust where you are or to believe in where you want to be. You look around and life is happening way too fast. Sometimes it feels like the moments are gone. Everything happens all at once and right away. We're marching towards a destiny we cannot understand, towards the kingdom of convenience. Then one day you look up and you can't find the meaning. Your crisis of purpose and passion is acting up, but they tell you that that's supposed to be normal. Well, I don't want normal. I want magic. Because that's the place that feels like home to me. That's the place where I remember what dreams look like. Where meaning is effortless and purpose is simple. That's the place where love still matters. I want that feeling of coming home again. I want to feel like myself. I want that magic. That's the last thing she has said on social media. Which she posted Monday. uh, Well not the last thing. Because that's what she said Monday night during Raw. Tuesday she then went on to uh, apologize about why she is not on uh, Wendy Williams, saying, hey, she cited personal reasons, etc., etc., etc. So, what do you think? Now, I should also mention that on this tweet, when she said that she had to pull out of her appearance uh, on Wendy Williams, she used the hashtag, if you only knew, the same hashtag that was used by Beth Phoenix Um, shortly after Natalia tweeted, we won and uh, she said, sure did hashtag. If you only knew, what do you think is happening here? Oh, so much to speculate. So I won't give my 100, but this is the faction and we give our opinion. So I think that it looks, man, I, I I've said this for a long time, GB. I don't think Sasha wants to wrestle anymore. I don't think Sasha wants to wrestle in WWE anymore. And I think that it's finally gotten to the place that it has uh, affected her mental state. It has uh, impacted her ability to be cognizant and to be aware and to be the healthiest of herself mentally. Uh, We've not seen the same Sasha Banks since she was having her feuds with Charlotte. Mm -hmm. Now, is this one of those cases where you just happen to be in the NBA at the same time as Michael Jordan and you're not going to get a win? I don't know. I can tell you this. 
I've not seen what I consider great performances from Sasha since before then. Let me help you out. Here's Sasha's track record. Sasha, when it comes to the type of massive matches and what people are watching, Sasha Banks versus Bailey is the highest rated women's match in wrestling of that we've had in modern history. Mm-hmm. When it goes to NXT TakeOver Brooklyn, the next set, the second one, Sasha versus Bailey, NXT TakeOver Respect. Third one, Sasha Banks versus Becky Lynch, NXT TakeOver Unstoppable. Next, after that, then you get Asuka versus Ember Moon. But then after that, you get Sasha versus Charlotte, NXT Live. Sasha has been money. Mm-hmm. What happened? What has happened to this young lady? Her last match that's registered on the rating scale is 2017. Is this the I Dave Meltzer uh, rating scale that we're referencing? This is a rating scale of fans. Okay. just I'm Fans just have put I'm this together. I'm just checking. Fans have put this together. Now, I'm on Twitter right now scrolling through. There are fans that love her. There are fans that hate her. Fans that hate her have their reasons why. Mm-hmm. She's not been as friendly to the fans. Mm-hmm. And all I know is that it's a track record. People that are not friendly to the fans normally have a hard time mentally. You know what? I have a couple of thoughts about this. Uh, first and foremost, as I read And this, I think the ta- them giving her the tag team titles was to appease her. Well, so, so let's talk about this, right? Uh, certainly, a lot of people noted her reaction to losing the tag team championship. She was in full tears. She was almost inconsolable. There was a picture floating around from WWE.com of Bailey literally having to lead Sasha out of Mania because she's in full tears. There's something interesting that you mentioned that. I was having a conversation with Will Smith from uh, Suplex City. Shout out to Will. Good guy. A very good Good guy guy. who has just had some incredible fortunes as of late. Uh, His T-shirt was worn at WrestleMania. His T-shirt was also worn again on Monday Night Raw by Bailey. Um, So super cool things. But what I find to be interesting, as I just read, as I read Sasha's statement, and then as I reflect on the matches you mentioned, Sasha... And, and I just need people to understand what I'm about to say. There's no shade because you've heard me on this show literally stand you, you for stood Sasha. Up for. But Sasha, time is showing us some things. And I think Sasha lacks maturity. When I read this statement, okay, this whole idea that um, one day you look up and you, your crisis of purpose and passion is acting up. I don't want normal. I want magic. Uh, I want the place uh, uh, where meaning is effortless and purpose is simple. Let me tell you something, 27-year-old Sasha. Take it from someone who's not 27, okay? A lot of people fight their entire life to discover purpose and meaning. And let me tell you something. Purpose on paper may seem simple. But it takes many years to really discover what you're put on this planet to do. It takes a long time to really get comfortable with it. It's going to take a lot of trial 
and error. You don't get the opportunity to say, because this doesn't feel good, I don't want it anymore. There's a lot of life that doesn't feel like magic. Well, I don't want normal. I want magic because that's the place that feels like home to me. Listen, magic is for magicians. The rest of us have to do real work, and even the magicians aren't on display 24-7. It sounds to me like Sasha Banks can't handle not being in the main event and not having the spotlight on her. Everything you mentioned when we saw the best of Sasha was when Sasha was in the main event. Uh, Will and I were talking yesterday and he was saying that, you know, maybe Sasha feels some kind of way because uh, the other four horsewomen have had lengthy title reigns. Well, Bailey didn't exactly have a lengthy women's title reign. And Bailey did most of the legwork for this tag team of Bailey and Sasha. Yeah. The truth of it is, all four of them had to do heavy work. Uh, Lord knows the work that Becky Lynch had to do. Bailey had to do a lot of work because of the four horsewomen. I think initially Bailey was the one that wasn't taken the most seriously. But the reality of it is consistency is key. I think Sasha needs some time off. I think Sasha needs time to really begin to look at what is it that matters and to, to, to become grateful, right? So here's the idea. How dare you, and this may sound strong, but hear me. How dare you, Sasha Banks, go on this tirade, first of all, while Monday Night Raw is on the air and while you should be in a tag team match with your partner against Alexa Bliss and a partner of her choosing. Instead, you're sitting in the back putting these thoughts together and tweeting. You are pouting after you just performed at WrestleMania 35. Do you know how many wrestlers do not get the opportunity to perform on the biggest stage. Not just that, but female wrestlers at that. Be it known that at WrestleMania 35, there were only three matches for all this talk of women's revolution. There were only three matches that involved women. One was the main event. One was a battle royal, which was in the pre-show. The only other one involved you, Sasha Banks. Sasha Banks has been in a prominent WrestleMania position ever since WrestleMania 32. So three consecutive years, you get to perform at WrestleMania when many of your male counterparts didn't get the same opportunity. And you get to go into WrestleMania as a champion. Shinsuke Nakamura has never done that. AJ Styles, who was in the main event last year, was on the second match in the card this year. Brock Lesnar, for crying out loud, who ended WrestleMania last year, started WrestleMania this year. How dare we become so entitled that we cancel mainstream appearances? And, and, and this is where I'm sensitive to this, because it's much like what happens in the music industry, particularly if you look at oh a genre like the gospel music industry. When you get an opportunity for a mainstream appearance, you don't turn that down, citing personal reasons. Unless somebody has died, and God forbid, I hope nobody has, the reality of it is you work through it. It's WrestleMania week. All of the appearances, all of the opportunities, this is what you live for. This is what you work for. So to me, I see a lack of maturity. 
I see a lot of entitlement, and I think she needs to go. Maybe she needs to be sent not to NXT, but to OVW. And I know that's involved with Impact these days. But the reality of it is, (laughs) you know why I say that? Because you take a guy like The Big Show, a, a, a guy like Mark Henry, both of whom came in with these huge opportunities in these huge spots, and they became entitled. And when they went down, and they've both talked about it, when they went down to OVW, it brought a degree of humility. It brought a degree of gratefulness so that when they came back to the main stage, they were able to handle it with care. Sasha, you're not always going to be in the main event. You're not always going to have titles around your waist. You're not always going to be in this spot where everything feels like magic. Every major movie star has not always had a number one movie. Every major recording artist has not had a number one album. This speaks to a lack of maturity. And Sasha Banks, no wonder you're not a women's champion right now. Because you can't be a champion until you successfully learn how to be a challenger. Boom. Well said. Well said. (sighs) My apologies for the length of my diatribe, but... I just it just bothers me because I understand a lot of people have a lot of skin in the game, but we got to call things what they are. My God, we are fighting for opportunities to even get on the WWE stage and you have it handed to you and you're talking about this doesn't feel like magic. Okay, all right. Well, let me move on because, yeah. Jack, J- Jacqueline and other women of color who wrestled would love to have been on Wendy Williams. Do you hear what I'm saying? They would have loved that opportunity, and they didn't get that. But you get it. and you- Didn't get it. So with that said, let's move from one interesting point to another, and that being Hulk Hogan, who was involved hey. in WWE's WrestleMania weekend. He was involved at the Hall of Fame as he helped to induct Brutus the Barber Beefcake. He was uh, brought in for a WrestleMania moment at the top of WrestleMania 35. Well, not long. uh, Matter of fact, on Monday, uh, news comes out from Big E as Big E drops this tweet on the world uh, telling people about a meeting that happened between him and Hulk Hogan at WrestleMania. And in that meeting, he shared something very, very interesting, the result of which he says, quote, Hulk Hogan, she says, quote, I'd like to think that everyone deserves a path to redemption. I appreciate Hulk Hogan taking the time to apologize and hear my position today. He did that 10 minutes before the start of WrestleMania. Uh, Some people were asking what that was in reference to, but in case you've missed it, you know, the whole controversy about Hulk Hogan being back in the WWE without there being a public apology to African-American wrestlers um, regarding the statements that were made uh, while he was caught on tape, uh, etc., etc., etc. And a lot of the current WWE superstars of African-American descent have been vocal. The New Day put out a statement that said, hey, you know what? We honor his accomplishments. We appreciate what he has meant to this business. We will never be rude to him. We will be cordial, but we're not going out of our way to do anything until he apologizes. So he apologizes to Big E. Of course, later that night, Kofi goes on to become the WWE champion. What do you think this means relative to uh, perhaps how African-American fans may or may not accept Hulk Hogan, as well as the rest of the boys. What do you think? 
Uh, I don't think Hulk Hogan will ever be who he was. Hmm. I think even four years later, I think uh, he would have to go on a, a heck of a redemption tour to be back where he was. You, you, you saw it where the pop this weekend wasn't even a normal Hulk Hogan pop as we've known it in the past. True. Even with the alley-oop from Big E. Mm -hmm. uh, 2015, I believe, is when we first heard uh, about this tirade, which comes from 2012. Yes. So this 2000, it's four years later, nearly, because it was a summer when it came out. That's right. Almost four years later, we're still dealing with putting the pieces back together. Mm -hmm. uh, truth be told is I don't think it's because Hulk Hogan didn't want to put the pieces back together. Uh, guys like Hulk Hogan are surrounded by people that they listen to on how to put the pieces back together. They receive faulty information on how to do it. So he needed to come to a Big E and allow a Big E to be his mouthpiece. And I forgive you, Hulk, and I'm ready to celebrate you walking on that stage again. I just think that my celebration does not have the same volume level as it used to. You know what's interesting? Um, it's funny because there are some people who still accept and love Hulk Hogan as they always did, my wife being one of them, which is so intriguing. Um, you know, I think... With first of all, I think it's a, a major step for him to apologize to Biggie. It's huge. A, it's very a, a huge. Monstrous step. There are those who have said, even on our social media feeds, that he needs to do this publicly. Um, I think you know it would have been monstrous, and it would have shocked the world. Can you imagine Kofi Kingston celebrating as WWE champion at WrestleMania, and then that real American music drops? And Hulk Hogan comes in the ring to hug and congratulate Kofi and to apologize. Whoa! Out of boots, not out of. Out of boots, not out of for that. I, if he interrupted that man's moment to come out there into 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 song yeah. and dance, out of out of boots, not yeah. out of that. So so here's the question. Now, what, what is, I wouldn't have booed uh -huh. is a post mania video. Okay. Of him and Kofi having a real moment. Yeah. And I'm saying, I'm sorry for the way I hurt you. I'm sorry for the way that, that, that I even held guys like you back. Okay. Because I was my next question was, what do you think he'd have to do? But I, I think I could see that happening. Like a video, a, a, a camera just catching that moment. As opposed, yeah, man. As opposed to them saying, hey, it's Hulk Hogan here. And I've got my if man. That, Co yeah. If that happened... Or that real amount I'm telling you now, GB. <laughs> Look, because I got to tell you, yeah. I felt some kind of way when Hulk Hogan came out. You know, we faction boys don't cuss, but don't push us. <laughs> Look, I felt some kind of way when he came out there too, real American. I was just like, I don't know how I feel about this. You, you know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Have you ever seen, see, whenever Hulk Hogan comes out, my inner kid says, it's Hulk Hogan. Right. And my adult self says, boy, you don't shut up and sit down somewhere. <laughs> right. My adult there's this inner yeah. confliction. Yeah. Yeah, there's this yeah. inner confliction. Yeah, yeah. It's a tough spot. So, But I do think it's a big move, and I definitely want to yeah. acknowledge that. So shout out to Biggie. Talking about a tough spot. Uh, yeah. It, it, what, that leads its way to was a, it tough? the referee. Well, yeah, I was going to say, was it tough enough? That's the question. And, uh, oh, you're going to go back that far. Well, you know, there's a degree of irony because that last okay. tough enough that Hulk Hogan was involved in 
involved one Patrick Clark, which he helped to get voted off of the show, which many thought was crazy. And now, of course, Patrick Clark returns to WWE as the Velveteen Dream, is one of the biggest stars in NXT, and does several tributes to Hulk Hogan, including the whole hulking up leg drop thing that happened this weekend against Matt Riddle. So it's all very... Very, very interesting stuff. Um, okay, so there are a couple of referees in the news that I think are interesting. Two referees have been fined uh, by Vince McMahon. One of them was fined for what happened in the main event at WrestleMania oh, um, because apparently he should have waited for Ronda's shoulders to hit the mat instead of beginning a count while her shoulders had not hit the mat. So he got fined. And then there was a fine involved in the SmackDown Tag Team title match as well. So I'm curious, man, what what's up all of a sudden Vince McMahon finding referees at WrestleMania? I've never heard of anything like this before. What's really going on? Uh, uh, I've been a podcast junkie. I'm listening to a podcast the other day of Jericho. And uh, Jericho says that Vince will say something in a moment that is atrocious and if you don't bring it back up Vince won't remember it so just you know don't bring it back up wow and so uh, somebody had to pay mm-hmm. sadly it was old Zapata mm-hmm. now I, clearly I'm new to this world there is a whole subculture of Rob Zapata of, of people who just like referees wow I was on Twitter and they have their own fan base. People were saying all night on WrestleMania, so Rob Zapata's not going to ref a, a ref a match tonight at WrestleMania. And then when he came out, they're like, oh my goodness, he gets the main event. His first big main event for WrestleMania. And then people were talking about where was Charles Robinson? Mm-hmm. Where was it? What was there's another famous ref right now? Uh, uh, yeah. I can't remember his cool. name, but I know who you're talking about. Yeah, him. See, this we don't even know the names. And then the kid who won a title with Braun Strowman, his father. Right, 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 right. Cone. Yeah, and yeah. so people were saying, why would you trust an even more green Zapata with that match? And here's truth be told. At that point, it's dang near 12 midnight on the East Coast. Yeah. The yeah. fans are tired. Yeah. I had to push myself mm-hmm. mentally to stay. I almost just said, I'll catch it in the morning. Wow. And the match was sloppy. Mm-hmm. It just wasn't as if that match had happened in the first two hours, they'd have tore the house down. Right. We all saw Zapata. I don't know if it's a Montreal screw job. I'm well, now that he's fine. Maybe it's not, but it just wasn't clean. Yeah. Somebody had to pay the price. Yeah, I'm shocked that a referee did. I just thought that Vince would spin it into uh, leaving space for Ronda to come back and say, you didn't really get me. Yeah, you know, it was interesting because I really thought, and what was interesting too, the announcers talked a lot about it. They replayed the botch. Um, and yet Monday night and Tuesday night, there was no mention of it. So, And then, and, and if you go back and look at it, Rod is in the worst position of a referee. Yeah. You know, they tell you don't block the camera angle, which, right. side note, 
Go back and watch some 80s wrestling. They didn't care nothing about the camera angles. Well, that's probably Them why they talk blocked. about it so much now, you know. <laughs> they were blocked all. And don't, uh, my beloved NWA, I saw a power bomb from Sid Vicious mm -hmm. where his back was literally turned to the camera. Wow. So, yeah. you know, he's trying not to block it, but he's so far away and the HD camera shoulder, shoulders aren't down. Right. It, it was just, it was sloppy. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's crazy. So we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, uh, we have a little bit more Mania Fallout. And then, of course, we've got the Raw After Mania to talk about and the SmackDown After Mania, both of which were interesting, to say the least. We'll talk about that. But uh, let's go to some music. Well, it's the music of the new WWE Champion. It's New Day. It's New Way. It's the New Day theme song from Jim Johnston. This is The Faction, powered by Bonnerfied Radio. This is a total package, Lex Luger, and you are turned into the faction. It's a new day. Yes, it is. <laughs> Now an announcement. Ladies and gentlemen. Look, everyone. Belle and Ebenezer are in love. No, silly. Is in the building. <laughs> you can now listen to Bonafide Radio, courtesy of our new mobile app. Holla. 
available for the iPod, iPad, and iPhone. Come on, you can do Find it. out the latest news, check out our podcast, or listen to us live listen. right now on your phone. Oh, yeah. Download the app today via the iTunes App Store by searching for Bonafide Radio or at iPhone.bonafideradio.com. I'm living in that 21st century. We got something to say. Listen. Would you like to take your business or service to the next level? Yeah. Consider adding Bonafide Radio to your marketing plan. I can't wait. We will gladly share your product with our listeners in a creative, efficient, affordable, and professional manner. This is so gnarly. For more information, scroll to the bottom of our website and click Advertise. Uh-huh. Or email us directly at sales at getbonafide.com. I know you're going to dig this. We are the faction. One, two, three. Yo, it's not a faction without the facts, son. Hey, this is Courtney. Welcome back to the faction. That was the WWE World Heavyweight Champion of the World, Kofi Kingston. GB, let's get it. All right. So we were having a conversation uh, during the break that I thought it would be good for us to dialogue about. And that is... I heard a lot of people, you know, we heard coming into this year's WrestleMania that it had potential to be the longest WrestleMania in history, uh, which, according to them, is one of the reasons why they did not have Asuka in a match because they had, you know, all these matches and they just didn't want to add another match to it. Um, But the reality of it is it, it started roughly around five. You know, you had your first kickoff match around 530 or so. And it didn't end till about 12, 12.30, um, which bodes the question, was WrestleMania too long? So I think the perfect person to ask is Brandon Clack, who I think is here now. Clack, what's up, brother? Well, maybe up the he's not. He fooled me. I called him out and he disappeared. Speak- Go figure. Well, it, 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 it's like him to try to sneak through the back door of, <laughs> of, of, of a moment to try to take up for old Vinny oh, Mac. Oh, man. I'll jump in, though. Please You didn't do. call me, but I'll jump in. Please It do. was way too long, GB. Mm-hmm. It, I should have did what Brock Lesnar did and went home early. Oh, wow. I mean, I honestly emotionally tapped out after Kofi won. Okay. Okay. And then and you, you gave have been us- watching it how long? Oh, man, I started at the pre-show, yes, which I normally don't do. But, you know, I heard the voice of Gerard Cleophas Bonner in my head (laughs) saying it's a whole experience. Yeah. And because I knew that you were out on Picturegate, I felt like I needed to ride for the team. Thank you. Clack was in church. Yeah. And I, the GB, after Kofi won. I didn't have the emotional nor mental dexterity to stay in, but I pushed my way through. Uh-huh. And then Charlotte, and I got to that match with Charlotte, Becky, and Rhonda, and I felt as weary as the crowd. Wow. I really did. I, it, it, I, I'm not asking for a two-night WrestleMania. Uh-huh. But does everybody have to get a paycheck that night? Yeah, so we, we, we're going to talk about that. I've got a perspective. I think Clack is back. Clack, what's up, brother? What's going on, everybody? Sorry I was late, but uh, I, I felt like I had to spend some time with Brock Lesnar because he, he's hurting right now. 
Brock is he hurt. Be I, hurt. He, he, I think he's chilling in in UFC somewhere. What in the world? So what what did you think? Did you think Mania this year was too long? Actually, no. I really okay. did not. Okay. Uh, and, and here's why. WrestleMania is an experience. It comes around once a year. I think the the length of the card needs to be like that because we don't have enough distinctions, in my opinion, with uh, the, you know the the surroundings, the action. All of it still kind of meshes together for me. So for WrestleMania to stick out, yeah, we need a marathon. We really did. Becky didn't win. They didn't do the go home shot with the belts in the air for Becky two belt until twelve thirty a.m. And I can imagine the ratings were exactly where they would always be. Down. So, so let me give a couple of perspectives. This is, uh, and these are two very unique perspectives. For me, as most of you guys now know. Uh, I did not get to watch Mania live as it happened because I was out on a maternity photo shoot and did not return from that maternity photo shoot until 9 p.m. Eastern. So I'd missed all the pre-show. I'd missed two hours of Mania, and I decided, well, I'm just going to start from the beginning of Mania. Uh, I didn't start from the pre-show. Uh, yes. Can, can, can I say something? Sure. Did you go to dinner too after the uh, photo shoot? Yes. You are a real champion, GB. <laughs> Not only did you do the shoot, you went to dinner too. <laughs> Let me tell you. I saw you at dinner with your wholesome speech to your wife. I said, GB is husband of the year. Man, listen, it was. And and so here's what happened. And not fast food. Oh, they no. put a plate with with, with, no. with pasta in front was, of you. Take it was, your time. It was it was a full sit down situation. <laughs> <Okay>. And <laughs> go ahead. I was like, but and so here's what was funny about that. What was funny is my wife said, "You can bring your iPad because I know you're missing." You know, and I was like, but we had our photographer with her as as well. And I was like, it'd be kind of rude, you know. So they were going to the bathroom. So I pull out my phone, right? It's about 7.25. I'm like, okay, if I can at least catch the middle of a match, I'll be okay. I finally log in, and the first thing I see is Seth Rollins holding the Universal Championship. I am hot. Because I'm like, wait a minute. I don't want... No, no, no. It's And I'm trying to explain to my wife, no, it's better for me... To, to catch the beginning of a match or the middle of the match, but not the end of the match, because that's just horrible. So I just said, you know what? I'm, I'm just going to enjoy this time here. I'll watch it when I get home. Um, and so here's the interesting thing for me. When I started about 9, 9.30, um, I was starting from the very beginning. And uh, I do know I dozed off a couple of times at about 1.00. I just tapped out and I said, I, I I can't stay up right now. So I'll just catch the rest in the morning. So for me, when in watching it, I kind of watched it in two parts, right? Meanwhile, uh, I was at DDP Yoga last night and uh, my trainer had went to Mania. So I asked him, you know, how was it? What was it like? And he said, I have to watch it um, because sitting there, Number one, it was too long. Number two, it was cold. So they were freezing, 
And and I mean, you got to think about they it. They had on coat coats. They had real coats. They co- had on well, heavy coats. That's one of the reasons why I didn't want to go and they said it was going to be in New York because New York in April is no, that's that's not a, a pretty party. In Atlanta or in Tampa or in a southern state or a west coast state, it's cool. But you got to add this on to it, right? If WrestleMania was the only event, that would have been cool. But think about it. A lot of them did take over Friday. All sorts of access events, indie events, Hall of Fame, G1 Supercard, etc. I can tell you, when you go to WrestleMania, WrestleMania is not a vacation. Like, it, it is it is akin to when I would go to the Stellars. The only difference is doing it as a fan, going to all these things back to back to back to back to back. You are completely worn out. Couple that with, it takes you an, at least an hour, if not more, to get out of the building. Because you're talking about, think about when we went to Royal Rumble, right? How long it took us to get just out of that parking lot, and we were walking out, you know. Um, but it was, it's, it's. It a took whole, us a whole another hour to walk through the hood. Exactly. So I thank think, you, Clack. <laughs> so I think we just have to consider that for the wrestling fan, it's hard. And he was telling me, for instance, he literally fell asleep during Batista versus Triple H. Because it was completely boring to him, but he said that the people on camera said it it turned out well, and they did tell a good story on camera. So it, yeah, it's it was all right. It's an so, interesting thing. So you watched it over two days, correct? I did. Clack, did you? You didn't watch it in real time. You were at church. How did you watch it? Uh, I caught a little bit of it during praise and worship. Oh my gosh! I, I caught That's a so little funny. bit of it during announcements. Oh yes. And I, hey, are you serious? <laughs> He's very serious. And then my last installment that I caught is right as he was taking his title of his message. Now I couldn't, I couldn't take any chances because you know my pastor's a prophet. I, I didn't, I didn't want him to look over there and say, "If you don't get off your phone, right?" <laughs> or tell you the ending, right? <laughs> or to get even with me, tell me the ending that sounds just like it. And right. just so you know, right. I was. Die. <laughs> Ron is losing. Right. And then I and then I caught some at dinner. So I actually now I will say this to it being too long. My day is so jam packed. I don't know when I'll be able to watch WrestleMania from beginning to end. Mm. So so guys, th- 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 this is what I'm saying. Last week, you both got on here. And you guys showed your prized possessions of WrestleMania DVDs. Mm-hmm. You can actually sit with somebody who's a novice fan in the earlier, uh, m- maybe what, 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 when did they start to get in lengthy, GB? Uh, 30, um, around 30, maybe? Yeah. Well, so, I'd even go back to 25 because they were starting to get to four hours at that. Well, they, okay. they were, well, they were four hours. It was four hours actually for WrestleMania four, but they had the big so, tournament. But, Primarily, but, it really but, started to get later, 25 and after. But you can sit with a novice person because a novice person will watch the Super Bowl. Sure. And you can sit with a novice person on DVD and have them watch it with you. You can't do that for this one. Well, and, and, and I'll say that. I'll say this. I, I do think I do think WWE does need to give some consideration to this. And here's the reason. A movie is considered long when it's two hours, right? Um, Amen. Yeah. You know, uh, most concerts that you sit through, a person's set 
if if they're a superstar, the longest set they'll do is two hours. Um, I'm not saying WrestleMania should be two hours, but here's part of the problem, right? You want WrestleMania to be special, but if your Monday Night Raws are three hours, which were the lengths of normal pay-per-views, you want your WrestleMania to be longer than that. The answer to me is, and I know they're never going to do it because there's too much money attached, Monday Night Raw should go back to two hours, so then your pay-per-views can feel special at three hours. Because think about it, right now your average pay-per-views are averaging three and a half, four hours. You know, Can't do it. Think about this. The Can't Super Bowl, the Super Bowl from kickoff, which is usually about 6.17, to the end of the game is usually about 10.30. So you're talking about four and a half hours. But in that four and a half hours, you have tons of commercial breaks, which are entertaining. You have a full-on halftime show. There's a lot. I'm not suggesting that WWE gets halftime shows and commercial breaks. But I am saying that it is a lot on the fan and the wrestler because these wrestlers don't normally wrestle at midnight. Like that's a different and, 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 and you outside, can tell. you know. You could tell. Think think about how tough it is. You know, I know how it is when we would do stellars and things like that. And you know, you're going to these shows and it's midnight and it's one, and people want you to be excited and energetic. And you know, you're tired. And God forbid if you're on the West Coast where you're three hours ahead or behind, and it's just it's all a mess, right? So, so do, they've got to do something about that. Do you guys think that Brock was always planned to go first? No. I don't think so either. No. I, I, I think that what – well, one, one thing is true. Paul Heyman has always said – Paul Heyman has said, I've lied to wrestlers, I've lied to promoters, but I'll never lie to the fans. And I genuinely think that what he said was the truth, that they said, if we're not going to be last, let's get this over with so we can be out. I totally think that's what I happened. totally agree with that. All wow. right. So let's do this. Um, gosh, we need to do – we need to do the raw recap, but I do want to ask you guys because I didn't get a chance to ask you guys on Monday. I want to hear what your reaction was when Kofi Kingston won the WWE Championship. Clack, what was your reaction? Wow, uh, believe it or not, chill. Hmm. When I now that is a mess that I did make time to make sure I watched. Uh, emotional roller coaster. Uh, but I have to sum it up with a few words. My my reaction was pleasant shock. Hmm. 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 Courtney, what was your reaction when you saw Kofi Kingston win the WWE Championship? I think it was November 3rd, 2008. I sat in my house. I watched President Barack Obama become the first African-American president voted in by the people. I knew I was standing in the moment in history. I didn't know how to process it, but I, my mom called me and and I could hear on the sound of her voice, something happening that to her was always uh, a unicorn. It would never happen. The other night, he and Daniel Bryan told such a great story that I didn't know. Big E was showing all the signs that he was gonna turn. Hmm. He took his jacket off in the middle of the match as if he's here to get involved. Hmm. He kept doing his little side eye thing at Kofi, and I'm thinking, oh, we about to get robbed, fam. When he won, I didn't expect it then. I didn't expect it in that moment. The count seemed a little slow, so I expected a kick out, and I lost my 
mind. Mm -hmm. I threw my phone. Luckily, I threw it into the couch. Mm. I was watching with another uh, homeboy, uh, Lamar. Mm -hmm. Lamar was here. We flipped out. My wife is like, what the heck just happened? Mm -hmm. I felt like Clack said, I felt the chills, man. Yeah. I felt that there are certain moments as an African-American man you experience where you do feel like, and I don't use this term because this isn't popular in Christendom, but you feel the ancestors mm -hmm. championing through you like, fam, we did it. Mm -hmm. And for most people, it is just wrestling. Mm. But now I know how the golf community felt, the African-American golf community felt when Tiger won. Right, right. It is a sign of something. Yeah. And man, that man could lose that title tomorrow. But you can't take that away from me. I saw him do it. Yeah, I, I shared with you guys on Monday, but I'll share again for those who may have missed it. Um, I, I watched the match and... You know, we were excited. My wife was watching. She was in the kitchen. She was excited. And she's like, why am I tearing up? And, uh, you know, I clapped and I sat and I I felt, felt tears coming. And yeah, yo. Uh, I was like, oof. So I went to the bathroom to try to, you know, gather myself. And I lost yeah, it. Yo. I lost it in the bathroom. Yeah. I, like, lost yeah. it. So I came back out of the bathroom I sat down on the couch and I completely lost it. I have been a wrestling yeah. fan my entire life. Yeah. And uh, nothing in pro wrestling. I remember that moment when we thought The Undertaker was retiring and it was a sad moment, right? I remember happy moments like, you know, the, the Hardys coming back out of nowhere and you know, being there live for uh, Ric Flair's retirement match, right? Uh, seeing grown men cry, but I've never cried as a result yeah. of pro wrestling until yeah. Sunday night, WrestleMania. Um, and it's still, and, and to know I'm not alone, to see other wrestlers, you know, uh, the yeah. video that's gone viral, I'm sure, of, of uh, Shad Gaspard and MVP watching it and completely breaking down to seeing watch parties of other african-american wrestlers you know it, it, it's just amazing it was absolutely amazing and so uh very very special moment um one of the things i also liked seeing out of wrestlemania were there, there's the picture of black excellence with uh, a number of the black wrestlers male and female coming together to take picture yeah. behind the scenes at wrestlemania there's another picture floating out there about Latino excellence, where all the Latino wrestlers got together. I just love this sense of pride that can happen in the wrestling community with underserved and underrepresented populations being represented in pro wrestling. It's a great thing. All right, we we are. This is just it's WrestleMania week, so we're just going along. Oh, wow. It's okay. I, I'm um, just seeing this video for the first time, GB. Oh, you've not seen that video? I'm, I, I've not. Oh, oh. I can't go. Go to break. Oh, it's heavy. I, well, oh, I was about to go man. to. The, I was about to go to the raw recap. I guess I can't. It's uh, it's heavy, man. It's heavy. It's oh heavy. man. Oh it's man, heavy. man, man. It's heavy. Oh, bro. I don't, I don't think people understand. And and this is the thing. This is why. Mm. This is why I will not allow. People, oh man. While you're saying that, let me say this. I will not allow people to minimize this moment. Right. 
because you know there were I, I posted when I could finally get myself together I posted something you know just talking about how valuable it was and there were people who came on my page to tell me Kofi's not the first black champion etc etc and I had to kind of read them the riot act here's the reality of it is what you will not do is take this moment from us what you will not do is make it into something else. We've been doing this podcast for three and a half years, but we've been lifelong wrestling fans. We study this business. I'm not going to make a statement that I know to be untrue, okay? Um, we've had Mark Henry on the show who will readily tell you he was the world heavyweight champion but never had the opportunity to be the WWE champion. There is a marked difference. And so the reason why you're seeing and let me just say this for something to move us as African-American men to tears and they be tears of joy. It's a very rare moment. And I don't think people understand how valuable this is. You know, this represented represented so much. Go ahead. After watching the community cry tears of pain over the loss of Nipsey. Yeah. It's very sobering to see the community cry tears of joy over Kofi. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think it was the comedian Dion Cole said I, I, this morning. I, I hope that we can we can uh, we can celebrate each other in living as much as we do in death. Yeah. And to watch an MVP, a man who's not shied away from his story of being in prison, mm-hmm. wrestling kind of coming into his life, saving his career, saving his life rather, watching a gray-haired MVP. Yeah, yeah, a gray yeah, hater, yeah. a man who's paid his dues. Mm-hmm. Celebrate, young Kofi. Yeah, it's huge, man. Yeah, it's a huge moment. All right, I'm ready. It's a huge moment. I'm ready. Uh, I'll tell you what, we we need to take a break. So let's take a break. We co- we'll come back. We'll knock out the Raw and SmackDown recaps and uh, see what else we can get into. What a day! It's WrestleMania week, and we've got lots still to talk about. Let's go to some music uh, from. CFO featuring the Usos. It's the remix to Done With That. This is the faction powered by Bonnerfied Radio. I got a lot left in the tank. What's up, guys? This is Mark here, the world's strongest man, and you're tuned in to the faction. Let's welcome these fools to the Uso Penitentiary. Feel that creep? You about to get put to sleep? 
It's not paranoia, it's the Usos. Tracy Lynn, and I want you to take a journey with me through the jazzy side of Bonnerfied Radio. Every Tuesday at 2 p.m., tune in to Melodic Grooves right here on GetBonnerfied.com or via the Bonnerfied Radio app. Bonnerfied Radio, radio the way it's supposed to be. Oh. 
This recap of The Remix is sponsored by Domingo Mijo. Born Stanley Martin Lieber in New York City in 1922, Lee entered the comic book world as a teenage assistant in 1939. Stanley Lieber was the Joe Jackson of comic books. Mm. I don't even know how to feel about that. Yeah, just, I, I almost think he was greater than a Joe Jackson. I don't know, ain't nobody greater than Joe Jackson now. Wait a minute. That's when you messed up. Oh, GB, no, no, I don't know no, 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 no. why you did that. Wait, why you did that? What are you I don't know why you did that, GB. Why you did that? Oh, Lord. Dan Lee had a whole universe down in, in his head, in his, in his mind. <laughs> James. The remix on Bonafide Radio. We hear Thursdays, 2 p.m. Eastern. Here on Bonafide Radio. Radio the way it's supposed to be. Exclusively on the remix. Don't miss it. Don't miss it at all. We are the faction. Yo, it's not a faction without the facts, son. Welcome back to the faction that was done with that, the remix of the Usos. I'm not crying. You're crying. GB, where are we going from here? Oh, my gosh. Well, it is WrestleMania week, and we probably could spend another hour talking about our feelings about WrestleMania. But there was Raw. There was SmackDown. Traditionally, the two biggest Raw and SmackDown episodes of the year are the ones right after SmackDown, or after Mania, excuse me. So with that said, let's find out what happened on Monday Night Raw with our Raw After Mania recap. Take it away, Courtney. It was the night after the show we felt would never end. They were still in New York. It lasted so long. Live from the Barclays Center, it was WWE Monday Night Raw, and it was live and in living color with the new WWE champion, Mr. Poop. Kofi Kingston, as he confronted Universal Champion Seth Rollins and said, there's two belts, why don't we just make it one? What you trying to do in these streets? Raw Tag Team Champion Zack Ryder and Kurt Hawkins defeated the Revival. Lars Sullivan finally made his back his way back onto television as he attacked the belly-chested Kurt Angle. I think Kurt should lose a little weight. Alexa Bliss is back and defeated Bailey. Lacey Evans came out and attacked Raw and SmackDown Women's Champion Becky Two Belt. Alistair Black and Ricochet defeated Bobby Roode and Chad Gable. Bobby Lashley attacked Dean Ambrose in Ambrose's final WWE match. Intercontinental Champion Finn Balor defeated the back and low cut Sami Zayn, the Dead Man, Mister. I don't know, know what to call him. He's not a WWE employee anymore. I don't know who he Sounds is Sounds like he's anymore. going over to AEW. Uh. But The Undertaker came out and confronted Elias. And then the Universal Champion, Seth Rollins, against WWE Champion, Cole Kingston. And the winner is no one because they ended up beating the bar after they crashed the winner-take-all match. GB, what did you think about the Raw after WrestleMania? You know, uh, a lot of our fans were asked the same question, a lot of the followers here of the faction, and a lot of them had some pretty strong opinions relative to that. So I want to read some of their opinions first 
before I share my own because, well, yeah, it's always easier to hear from them than others. Uh, let's see. Uh, Michael Dixon, he did not think that this lived up to the expectations of Raw After Mania. He asked where the call-ups were, and he said, we got Lacey and Lars, who were both called up in 2018. Uh, Johnny Youngblood says that it was lackluster. Uh, Ronnie on Kit said, nah, the Kurt Angle segment was dry and uh, nothing really popped at the moment. Uh, Let's see. Mark Graham said it sucked for it to be a Raw after Mania. And Josh Spiel didn't expect The Undertaker to show up, didn't like the way the Kurt Angle was treated. Uh, He thought there'd be a winner in the winner-take-all match. Um, But he thinks that by SummerSlam, the universal title will die. Uh, Here are my thoughts. I think Monday Night Raw after WrestleMania is supposed to be the biggest Raw of the year. It's supposed to be the Raw where we get, you know, new people showing up. We get new stories. We get all kinds of super cool things happening. I think I got scared when they started talking title for title. But my thought was... Why on God's green earth would you have a title for title match the night after WrestleMania? That doesn't make any sense. And people were texting me and saying, hey, what's going to happen here? Because I got scared. I'm like, y'all are not. Please don't make Kofi a 24-hour champion. That's not right. But then the other side of me thought, when I heard the difference in the pop between Kofi and and, uh, Seth Rollins, that Kofi could actually... Take both titles. Like, that's a real possibility. But then I felt like this is going to be one of those. Somebody's going to interfere. It's going to cause a disqualification. I thought maybe somebody new would show up, you know, because last year we had all sorts of new people showing up. Bobby Lashley showed up last year, and all sorts of people found their way onto Monday Night Raw. But uh, I think they made a big mistake with this superstar showdown being or shakeup being next week. So that man, I yep. guess nobody was going to show up on Monday Night Raw. It was good to see Lacey Evans finally do something. We had completely forgotten about Lars Sullivan. Um, I felt like the Monday Night, the, the Raw after Mania was the most lackluster Raw after Mania maybe in history. Um, yeah. You know, I remember the Raw after Mania when Dolph Ziggler cashed in his Money in the Bank contract the last time Monday Night or last time WrestleMania was at MetLife. Um, we had no such moment this time around. Uh, I, I just, you know, I, it, it was lackluster. And then, of all the things that made no sense, the thing that may have topped the list, why on earth did The Undertaker show up at Monday Night Raw but not show up at WrestleMania the night before? To me, right. when he didn't show up at WrestleMania, there certainly was no need for him on Monday Night Raw. And nobody explains, wow, he didn't show up at Mania last night, but he shows up here. It made no sense. He didn't say anything. He didn't deliver a message. It was just a spot, a spot that had no meaning. And Mania, uh, Raw after Mania, is not the place for things that have no meaning. Not with an international crowd that will boo you out that rightfully called certain things as they did. It was just lackluster. It was, it was not good. Well, to me, the reason why they had uh, Undertaker show up is to clearly get him ready for what's happening in Saudi Arabia. Well, I, I'm here in the Saudi, but still, that didn't build to anything. 
Like it built to nothing. It, nothing. Like what was the what was the point of having him interrupt? It built to nothing. I don't understand. Now it. the raw I booked in my head was much better. Raw Most in my of the head. Stuff we book what, in our head is much better. <laughs> <laughs> it had undisputed era coming out, jumping on Seth, jumping on uh, on Rollins from the gate, and then it had during the tag team match. The tag team of uh, with Kyle O'Reilly and uh, what's what's the other guy? Bobby Fish. Tag with them. Yeah. And Bobby Fish running into the tag match mm -hmm. and destroying them. Yeah. And I said, oh, my God, Undisputed Era is going to run Rothschild all overall. None of that happened. It didn't even listen to me. No, it was it was not good. I, I just I just don't understand the random nature of this. Like it, it was just and, so and random. It, Lars, I'm so over Lars. But wait, what? Wait till we get to SmackDown. But wait, we're, 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 yeah, we'll talk to SmackDown. But but I don't understand this. Of all the people to debut Lars Sullivan against, why is Kurt Angle back? You retired last night. Last week was supposed to be your last match and appearance on Monday Night Raw. None of this made sense. What was the point of him beating up Kurt Angle? We don't know. None of it. it just made. And, and here's what's amazing to me. When we watch WrestleMania, to see how much of WrestleMania was built off of the back of that one episode of Monday Night Raw that was here in Atlanta, it blows me away. The Triple H Batista match doesn't happen if that if that goes down. That doesn't go down. Um, you know, even the way that all things happen with Becky, like it just. They have struggled to make Raw work ever since their time here in Atlanta back in February. And it's amazing to me. To me, WrestleMania, Raw after Mania is a gift. Like, that should be the easiest layup for WWE, to, especially after a solid WrestleMania. This WrestleMania, while it was long, it was solid. It had things that actually mattered and made sense. And yet... None of this. None of we don't. I didn't expect to see Ronda anymore, but I think it's interesting. It's the first Raw in over a year with no Ronda and no Brock, um, which is interesting. So I, I just yeah, bad, bad, bad all the way around. Bad. And I'll go so far as to say this: that Monday Night Raw needed the hotness from SmackDown. Because the two hottest stars in the company are from SmackDown. So you had to have Becky and Kofi on your Monday Night Raw show. Let me ask this one question, though. Uh, this certainly was going around uh, after the show was over. It really was, and we wrestled with whether it would be or it wouldn't be, but it really was the last hurrah for Dean Ambrose. What are your thoughts on this? Because we thought at some point it might have been a work. It's not. Yeah. Uh, Ambrose has his place in history. Mm -hmm. uh, as I, I, I think the Shield came in and offered something to WWE that it desperately needed. Yeah. Uh, Dean came and gave us, we, need, we needed a crazy man, a wild man, you know, and he gave us that. Dean was never one of the greatest work workers, um, wrestlers. Um, you know, he, he wasn't one of the greatest wrestlers, but, but what he was, was a good performer. He really, he really performed well for the crowd. And I always saw him willing to do what he needed. Now, oh, here we go. 
I got to tell you how my attitude towards him changed after that Stone Cold podcast. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I, I don't know if I ever recovered from that because, you know, I saw uh, Austin look like he wanted to stomp a mud hole in him mm -hmm. because he didn't really know if the man wanted to be there. Mm -hmm. And we should so, add that at the time he was a WWE champion. He was a WWE champion. And it is it is widely believed that that podcast is actually what got Austin's podcast canceled from the WWE Network. Is that right? Yeah, because of how it made uh, the champion look, which is not is Austin's that right? fault. That's not Austin's fault. Well, you 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 can't control that. So I, I I think that we are. I think the best of Dean Ambrose can be in his next go round wherever he goes to. And if that is to AEW, I think he could do well then. Uh, here's my thought. Uh, there was a point when when Dean was a WWE champion that he became the most dependable man in WWE. Not missing shows. He had a run of like, gosh, almost two consecutive years where he had not missed a single show. And he had moments when Roman was out where he literally would do double duty. He would end up doing a Raw House show and then fly back and fly out to do a SmackDown House show. Yep, he was a hard worker. And to me, I consider him kind of a blue collar champion, the kind of person that the average fan can uh, relate to. Hard worker, gets up every day, you know, not exactly flashy, but he goes in, throws hands and gets the job done. Um, yeah, you know, I, I think his send off was, um, you know, he's not the type to do an emotional send off. I don't know that I expected the the uh, WWE locker room to clear out for him, but uh, I think he was consistent. And to me, the proof of his consistency and the way that WWE honored him was by keeping him on TV all the way yeah. through the end. Most it, that's unheard of. It is, which is why we all thought it was a work because we've never seen that done. To me, that is a sign of how WWE actually views him to give him the opportunity to still show up and be on television all the way to the end. Which makes me think that maybe AEW is not in his future. Maybe this is it. You think that he may be walking walking away totally? I think he may be walking away totally. My lord. Think about this. And I, and I said this, uh, I think, on Monday's podcast. The idea that, number one, you can make more money outside of the ring than inside of the ring is always appealing. Especially if you can talk now. Especially if you can talk and if you don't have to put your body through those things. And I think, number one, Dean does not come come off as the people person right he's not on social media he's not that guy who feels like interacting with a ton of people so i think for him which is part of the reason why him being wwe champion didn't necessarily work because you got to do the appearances you got to kiss hands and shake baby or kiss babies and shake hands and that wasn't exactly his thing so you know i i just think that for dean it's the opportunity to create the next chapter i think that's what's different about today's pro wrestler is that, you know, the pro wrestler of yesteryear, this was who they were. It was their livelihood 24-7, yeah. which is why they stayed in the business 30 and 40 years and, you know, found yeah. a way to be involved afterwards. Today's wrestler, not so much. They, you know, have a half-life. They'll be a wrestler for however long, 
and then they'll move on to whatever their next career move is. And I think that's what's going to happen with Dean Ambrose. And to be honest with you, it could happen with Sasha Banks as well. Oh, I think we're watching it happen with Sasha Banks. I think I, I, I really do. I, I, think, I, I think we're watching it. And I think there's nothing we can do about it. Nothing. Because this is not a, a, a reflection of the fans. I think it is a reflection of whatever ha- is happening with her internally. Now, again, I hope, I'd agree. She, I hope she's able to bounce back. But that's going to take a, a, a lot of work. So with that said, um, let's get this uh, SmackDown Live recap. As we're looking at the Raw and SmackDown after Mania. This, too, was in the Barclays Center in Brooklyn uh, last night. And it kicked off with a big championship celebration for Kofi Kingston, uh, which I am excited about. But I have a thought, and even my wife mentioned it, which frightens me. And I'll I'll mention this uh, hopefully after I finish this recap. It was interrupted by the bar who said, hey, we've got a friend and we're going to have a six-man tag match. And after, you know, their math was questioned, they introduced their new friend who was Roz, Drew, McIntyre? Hmm. Six-man tag match saw Ali, who's no longer a Mustafa, along with Ricochet and Aleister Black defeat Andrade, Shinsuke Nakamura, and Rusev. Then Samoa Joe, well, first of all, it started off with, um, I almost called him (laughs) K-Quick. It's not K-Quick, it's R-Truth. Yeah, I went way back, right? R-Truth and Carmella, who won the uh, Women's Battle Royal, they were out there talking, etc., etc. Samoa Joe came out, beat up. On R Truth or K Quick or Ron Killings or whatever you want to call him, beat him up, Good and Lord. then from there Samoa Joe went on to say, "Hey, look, I beat Rey Mysterio in under sixty seconds. I'll handle any other WWE superstar in said time." And then who shows up but Monday Night Raw's Braun Strowman? Boy, that got interesting. The new women's tag team champions, the Iconics, defeated the undefeated. Brooklyn Bells to retain the WWE Tag Team Championship. Shane McMahon addressed the WWE Universe and then went on to abuse the poor announcer who didn't deserve any of that. In a match that was rumored to have happened at WrestleMania but didn't, the Usos defended the tag titles against the Hardys to determine the best brother team in pro wrestling history and that would be the Hardys who are now eight-time WWE Tag Team Champions. So how do you celebrate the iconic Hardy Brothers winning the tag title? Sure, this is what you do. Enter Lars Sullivan to trash your new tag champs. Yeah, that makes a whole lot of sense. Becky Lynch comes out to tell the world about how great she is. After all, she is Becky Two Belts. But she would again be interrupted by Lacey Evans, which I got to say... I'm not sure how I feel about a woman in an apostolic skirt with heels throwing a right hand. Not sure how I feel about that. Last but not least, The New Day featuring WWE champion Kofi Kingston defeat Drew McIntyre in the bar. And then afterwards, Kofi's son, who has got to be a future WWE superstar with all of that amazing, amazing talent he has. Yeah, they all celebrated in the ring as Kofi Kingston remains WWE champion. All right. What did you think of SmackDown Live? I thought SmackDown was as com- discombobulated as Raw was. Really? I, 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 I did. Man, listen to me. D- you mean to tell me that the Hardy Boys won a championship 
and they get destroyed by Lars Sullivan. What does yeah. that say about your championship? Yeah, I agree. I, I couldn't totally recover. Agree. I totally agree. I just couldn't recover. I totally agree. I just said this has to be the dumbest thing I've ever seen. Yeah. Yeah, it, it ranks pretty high and, on the dumb level. Yeah. And then Becky again getting decked by uh, whatever her name Lacey is. Lacey Evans, yeah. Uh, Lacey Evans, Miss Pentecost. Yeah. yeah. And uh, it, 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 just, it just didn't make a lot of sense to me. Kofi did. Uh, seeing Kofi's family at the end in the ring and of course his son who has a ton of uh, uh energy oh and uh yeah. character to him yeah. personality Braun and Samoa is going to be great mm -hmm. it it just I don't know I I don't know if one person on the writing staff thought that oh there's a show tomorrow yeah or or better yet there's a show in 2 hours um yeah. <laughs> you know so here's what made no sense to me right first of all we expected a lot of surprises on both Raw and SmackDown. No real surprises on Raw. But what made no sense to me was that why were all of the surprises on SmackDown people from Raw? Like, isn't right. that supposed to be your superstar shakedown or shakeup or, or yep. mashup or whatever you're calling it? <laughs> and that's supposed to be next week. So I... It 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 was weird. Now it added an element of surprise, which I appreciated the element of surprise. But I thought that that surprise would either be call ups from NXT, new superstars being signed. But if they indeed spoiled the superstar shakeup, then what was the point? And again, the superstar shakeup should have no effect on the Raw after Mania. In fact. Raw After Mania ought to be the place where we see those NXT call-ups or these new guys showing up, but we're not. And I mean, I don't expect them to get called up during the Superstar Shakedown, so shake up or whatever. I can't get it right. I just don't understand. And I think now, now with all of that said, I think, again, SmackDown Live was a much better show than Raw. Um... But I just, I just don't understand. But it's leading me to ask a few questions. Number one, uh, who do we think ends up coming over in the smack or the uh, superstar shakeup? So we'll we'll address that. Number two, I wonder what's the future of the Usos. I think it was weird for them to lose the tag titles after a successful title defense uh, at uh, at at WrestleMania and their social media was interesting to me as well. Um, yeah. They were they were thanking people almost like they were wrapping up things. You know, usually after you lose a title, you would get up and say, hey, we didn't win it, but we're coming for you, you know, or we look forward to the rematch, but everything was a thank you. It was, it was, it, it felt like the end. So I, I don't know. I think I left with more questions than answers from SmackDown, but again, I say SmackDown was a better show than Raw. It had me a lot more engaged. Um, I'm wondering who Kofi's first uh, opponent's going to be, and I'm now very concerned because my wife mentioned this, and when she mentions things, I get concerned. She's wondering, are they going to break up the New Day? Oh, I think it's coming. Do you think Do you think it's going to be the superstar shakeup that causes it? Yeah, I think so. And who goes I think where? So. I think Kofi goes to Raw. Mm. I think Big E and Xavier still in SmackDown. Do you think then that means that Seth moves to SmackDown? I think so. Mm. 
I think so. And this is all going to get very interesting, and we know. And and sometimes these shakeups make sense, and sometimes they don't. Um, yeah. So I don't know what to expect from it, but it'll certainly be interesting. I do have a question though. Did you see the uh, somewhat cryptic uh, promo with the box and the little? Uh, there was a box, and then like this little. Weird-looking puppet that comes out of the box. Yeah, what? Well, yeah, what? What was that? I have a theory. I haven't read anything on dirt sheets or anything, but I got a theory on that. And my theory and is, that is the repackaging of Bray Wyatt. Oh, well, you know, Bray just wrote some some very good stuff on his Twitter. Okay. And Bray got a new haircut. Well, he's got a new baby coming, so you know. No, boy, I cannot believe you just did that. But he does. Way. It is, it is definitely the truth. Bray has a new baby, and he got a new baby mama, too. Well, but, okay. uh, but uh yeah, I, I, I think it's Bray. And I think that they have really failed on what to do with Bray. I was listening to Stone Cold's podcast. He agrees. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's very interesting. So here's another thing that we should look out for. One of the things that happened during WrestleMania Access, when World or WWE Worlds collide. So that happened, the first time happened, during the Royal Rumble uh, access where they featured a big 15-man tournament involving superstars of NXT, NXT UK, and 205 Live with the winner getting a future title shot on their brand. And that, of course, led to the Velveteen Dream getting a title shot at the NXT North American Championship. Well, you'll be able to watch Worlds Collide uh, on April the 14th. That's this coming Sunday at 8 p.m. Eastern. Here are some of the matches that are going to go down. Uh, Raw's Tyler Breeze will take on NXT's Roderick Strong. Uh, Luke Harper is going to return here, and he's taking on the rare breed Dominic Dijakovic. Uh, Sanity and Undisputed Era will reignite their war. And um, could we see Cassius Ono and Aiden English do battle? Now, speaking of Luke Harper, Luke Harper put out quite the tweet uh, about returning of all places at Access. And he had a lot to say. I can't even say some of what he said. But his whole thought is, look, I still have a lot to offer the business. And if this is going to be my comeback, then I'm going to make the most of it. Oh, Luke Harper. Yeah. What shall we say about the Luke Harper is on uh, what, what came out for the 50 man battle royal. My wife said, good Lord, how old is he? <laughs> well, you know, here's the other thing. Uh, I, I just think it's so interesting how there are people who they have as stars that get these lackluster returns. So he ends up returning in access and being part of the battle royal. Ember Moon, who's a future champion, ends up returning in the women's battle royal. Yeah, just I mean, with no she, she, she didn't look too well when they were cheering for Kofi backstage. She she wasn't showing as much enthusiasm as I would love for her to show. Well, you know, uh, I, I'm just saying. I I can't even say what I want to say on that one. So I'll just I'll just say this. I I think well for you know I, I have a lot of thoughts. Um yeah. But she was, but she was in that picture, though, right? She was in that picture. She was in the picture. But she uh, uh, again, 
she did not offer what I felt like the moment was due. Well, and I think there are reasons, but I'll save them for off the air because I know I feel like I have a theory on that. With that said, yeah, you know what? There's nothing like WrestleMania week, and I feel like we could just have all sorts of conversations surrounding it (laughs) because it's a great time, you know? And so these next few weeks certainly should be very interesting in the world of pro wrestling as we're gearing up. Double or Nothing is coming in May, and uh, we actually have an article on our Facebook page where Jim Ross kind of leaked out some details potentially about mm-hmm. an AEW TV deal. We can tell mm-hmm. you that it's looking like a two-hour show, that it's going to start in October, and he says it's going to be on a TV network that everyone can find, which certainly could be arguably a shot at impact, but uh, it's certainly a big deal. I have a theory on which which network it could be on. Um... And maybe that was given away by a recent episode of Being the Elite. Well, you think they're going to Turner? Think they're coming to Atlanta? I think they're going to Sci-Fi. Ooh. I think they're going to Sci-Fi. Here's a couple of reasons why. Um, One of the big ones was uh, Kenny and the Young Bucks just did a a whole conference at Sci-Fi where uh, the Young Bucks used that time to tell the world that their match against the Lucha Brothers at Double or Nothing will be for the Triple A Tag Team Titles. Really? Um, Yeah, which is going to be great. But my thought is, why would you go on a network scenario like that if there is no connection there? Well, you know what? It it, it would make sense, and everybody does have have sci-fi. Everybody has sci-fi. Sci-fi is not a stranger to wrestling. Of course, they held WWE SmackDown for several years. Uh, so I think it would make it a move. Now, what's interesting, and I have to kind of double check my sources on this, but I also thought that Sci-Fi was somehow part of that NBC USA uh, Comcast kind of family, which then would make things super interesting oh, given boy. the USA deal that WWE has. So. Mm-hmm. This is all very interesting stuff that we're going to be watching for because uh, you can rest assured. First of all, if you watch the Hall of Fame, you're very clear that Vince and Triple H are very aware of AEW. Very very Uh, aware. The AEW references during that DX speech were like, wow. They were like, wow. So uh, it's all going to be interesting to watch, and certainly we're going to keep you posted on all of that so here's how you can reach out to us by way of social media courtney at c major beard on instagram or twitter courtney beard on facebook let's talk of course you can reach me at bonnerfine on all of those platforms and on top of that make sure you're following us on social media we have a lot of super cool information we're dropping on you there uh, so that you don't have to necessarily wait for the show to get your fix so you can follow us on instagram twitter and facebook and we've got some exclusive info on each of those channels so follow us on all three you'll certainly be glad that you did so until next time Courtney, it's Clack, it's GB, and we are the faction, the gateway to greatness. 